Hey family, welcome, welcome, welcome to You Ought to Know, where we talk about things we think you ought to know. I'm your host, Jerome Matthews. Pop into our pod as we discuss fitness, health, nutrition, and let's see how we can balance those into our daily lives. It's another episode. We're already past episode 10. What? Hey, it's Jerome Matthews with You Ought to Know, and you wouldn't believe who I got on the show today, Miss Dr. Lisa Jellum. Dr. Lisa Jellum. Uh, she's a department chair of kinesiology and wellness and an associate professor at Georgia Highlands College. And listen, we talk about nutrition, health, and fitness. But then there's other other uh, aspects that we can talk about in that, and uh, one of those is is leadership within that. So uh, pop into the pod, and we're gonna we're gonna learn some things. Thank you, thank you, uh, Dr. Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. Um, I like to say popping into the pod, but um, thank you for popping into the pod. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, quick question. Um, let's see. Would you rather? Do you think you're a better singer or dancer? Oh, goodness, neither. Neither? Yeah. Like, if you could choose which one you would want to be proficient at, what would it be? Oh, dancing for sure. Everyone's been saying dancing. I, I think I would want to sing every time I go somewhere. That's because you can dance. Oh. <laughs> hey, you heard that. I can <laughs> dance. Yeah, check out my nothing. There's no videos out there. But uh, Dr. Jellum, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, I was excited about this because so many times I hear nutrition health, fitness, and we talk so much about, you know, the physical aspect of it um, or the sport of it and how we can go each day of like, I can get healthier, I can lose weight or I should drink more water. Uh, but never, never, we're never addressing how nutrition, health and fitness and how that, that can just tie into uh, traits like a leadership quality. And so uh, thank you so much for bringing that to my attention, you know, because I think it's things that people ought to know. So uh, first, if you want to just introduce yourself, tell us your area of focus that and just tell us, like, how'd you get here? That, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, so um, I from a younger age, always found myself in random leadership positions, like, mm -hmm. you know, sit out on a football field, uh, play with the boys and they would just pick me as a team captain. Um, that kind of, you know, rolled into when I played uh, college basketball, I was the team captain. Um, leadership has really just come naturally to me. It's one of those things that as you develop, you don't really realize that people are looking up to you. It's really obvious when you're a team captain that, mm -hmm. you know, you should be a leader. Um, but as I've become more on the other side of it, the academia side, and start to talk to people, because the number one question of people in health and fitness or wellness is, uh, who, who should I be listening to? Who do I look up to? Who disseminates information for me to actually follow? Mm -hmm. As you say, like, uh, I should drink more water. You know, I, I, I teach at the college level. Um, I teach primary wellness. I teach all the way to the graduate level of, mm -hmm. of leadership. And we talk a lot about, you know, where do you find health information? You know, where is a credible source? Should I be listening to Duran on mm -hmm. this podcast? Or, you know, I'm recently uh, conferred as a doctor, but, you know, should you really be listening to me? I, Got you. you know, one of those things. Um, and so we started looking at and diving into, you know, credible sources of information, incredible things to emulate. Um, because in the health and wellness, um, you know, area, mm -hmm. There's so much information and sure. to be honest with you, not a whole lot of it is actually wrong. 
So when you look at drink less water, drink more water, eat more protein, eat less protein, it gets really confusing. And Mm -hmm. so when you're talking even fitness, there's so many ways to make your body fit. Mm -hmm. So kind of looking at leadership um, and and flipping that to, you know, as an individual, um, how do I define leadership and how do I look at leadership? I don't necessarily think of it as like, okay, I'm looking at this doctor from the Mayo Clinic. I'm actually looking at this, you know, in my family, the things that I can actually put my hands on, see with my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I make decisions for my family to provide the right kind of food or to encourage my children, which I don't have any, but, you Mm -hmm. know, the children, you know, how to exercise or those types of things. We all, you know, have leadership qualities in Mm -hmm. our own lives and we make decisions based you know, at this personal leadership uh, philosophy that all of us have created about ourselves. And how do we know who to listen to, though? Because uh, if you if I decide I'm going to make this decision for my family, then you're right. There is so much information. It, it could be overwhelming. So uh, how do you know what, where to go? Or is that specific to the individual? So that's where, like, when you talk about good leadership and good leadership um, evolution, mm-hmm. There's always starting with what are the strongest qualities that a leadership has or a leader has. And that's going to be, you know, the the base knowledge that a person has. So obviously I'm not going to a yoga instructor to ask them how to uh, properly do a snatch at 185. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, expertise within within reason. And so to be honest with you, a lot of your searches start in Google. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to Google search. And I'm going to start to look at the more credible sources, our, our .govs, .edus, .orgs, mm-hmm. um, because particularly they, um, for the most part, are going to be peer-reviewed. I'll be looking at you know different sources that actually have somebody not just allowing them to aimlessly talk like I, f- I feel like I'm doing right now. You know, you listen to me or you don't, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But I have expertise in this this area. So, you know, I get degrees. I start to build up credibility in this area. And then hopefully somebody else with my equal, you know, credible sourcing starts to believe and see what I do. And that's where, you know, when you start a Google search and I'm looking at things like PubMed, mm-hmm. I'm looking at peer reviewed research, which mm-hmm. for the normal person is really hard to read. So when credible sourcing comes in, they should be, you know, they should be citing work. Yeah. And I know that sounds really nerdy and, you know, academia focus, but if I sound out, you know, some information and then put a thumbs up afterwards you know, I, I better be super credible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I guess now then where, so you, you were talking about the sources and the credibility, but, um, I know me personally, especially like with my fitness and leadership, I'm more, I'm going to listen to someone who's doing it rather than the smartest person in the room, because it's one thing you can read. I've, I've, I've met coaches that, they really know so much. And then I'll watch them move. I'm like, oh, well, like, are you practicing what what the philosophy that you're that you're trying to put on me? Um, so where where's the middle ground of someone who's studying and then to the point now you have to have a leader who's doing? And I think more so specifically for you then. Like as you have because you, you know, you're a team captain and I feel like I missed so much in the middle of there. Like, how did you, I mean, cause I heard sports, but I'm like, there's a lot of school that has to be in there too. So, you know, when did you go from team captain to Dr. Lisa Jellum professor and focusing on leadership? 
I would say like good evolution of any college athlete. I graduated and then realized I can't go pro in this. (laughs) Wait, what? what? Bummer. Yeah, no. (laughs) No one told me that. (laughs) So then I was like, oh, I'll just get a master's degree, and I got it in sports management, Mm -hmm. um, in in leadership, and then I just kept adding to the credentialing. So uh, when I got here, you know, they asked me to teach classes that were very uncomfortable for me to teach. They just were not in my expertise, which when you look at good leadership, that is actually something that a good leader will do. They'll sit in the uncomfortable and they'll look around at these uncomfortable places and kind of understand that when I'm uncomfortable, it causes other people to change. And when I'm uncomfortable, I change. And Mm so leadership is relatively uh, scarce because when you see good leaders, they sit in uncomfortable. They don't sit in like the status quo. They don't sit, you know, in the comfortable. They often, you know, go outside of themselves and start to research something, to do something that's not necessarily in their strength. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, clientele in in a fitness base, or if I'm talking my students, or if I'm a leader of a, you know, a large Fortune 500 company, if I hone in on people's strengths, they're more likely to invest time um, because it's comfortable. So you have to start with the comfortable to get to the uncomfortable. Like that's just the natural evolution of, you know, the buy-in process. Okay. I have to be able to say, Jaron, you're super good at these things and you have to be able to show me mastery and feel as though you're getting some form of mastery until you start to engage with me on the things that you're not as good at. So there's lots of things in the, in the real world, like the strengths finder where, mm-hmm. you know, you take this long, what looks like a, you know, an old Cosmo test and you rate them, you know, A, B, C, most likely, least likely. Yes, my favorite. And at the end of it, it's like, you know, you're, these five things are your strengths. Mm-hmm. And we know that leaders, by and large, um, the thing that is going to be the largest underpinning for strong leaders is going to be integrity. Okay. So one of the forms of integrity that you see is that leaders don't know everything. So a form of integrity is actually the opposite of knowing. It's asking quality questions. Mm -hmm. So in the fitness world, that's not coming to me and me saying, you know, I know this thing or let me show you this thing. It's actually like, let's, you know, meet in the middle. And that's, you know, where CrossFit does a really good job of allowing people to live in an in integrity to create um, integrity in the gym mm-hmm. because they allow people to scale. So when okay. I look at the integrity of a movement, I don't require people to go from zero to a hundred. I allow people to, to break this movement into little parts mm-hmm. and to keep the integrity of the stimuli, but I don't have to require them to do the whole movement, Gotcha. which you see a lot of CrossFit coaches that are, that integrity is their thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my gym is built on, you know, counting every rep. Mm -hmm. You see uh, Nike kind of uh, building on this with the hard work uh, pays off, you know, their overall value, um, which values are are not rules. They're just who you are. Mm -hmm. So the value of Nike is they're mastering uh, the fundamentals. So at Nike, there's no other rule other than you are supposed to master the fundamental of whatever it is that you are. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that in a CrossFit sense, you know, we celebrate small wins, which you talk about buy-in and, and going from, you know, novice to somebody who is a master, which, you know, Malcolm Gladwell did a bunch of research on the 10,000 hour rule where, you know, you have to invest time to get there. But when you're looking at CrossFit, when somebody comes in and they're brand new to something, we scale them. Mm-hmm. And that culture allows them to celebrate the small victories. And so we know that people are more apt to continue to move, continue to eat well, Mm -hmm. continue to do all the things in the fitness and wellness space. 
if I see and I celebrate the small victories. So we know that when you look at, you know, the evolution of even where I came from to where I was going is, you know, I started in this sport realm. And then when they asked me to start teaching, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Exactly, yeah. And then I started realizing like through sport and through fitness, like I've always had a natural ability to like stop and, and teach people things and mm -hmm. stop and have people turn and ask me questions, which is definitely a form, like you said, of, of flattery. Who, mm -hmm. who are you asking the questions to if well, so, they give you a good answer? And are you saying the leaders, like leaders really, it looks like they break down their ego. Like they don't allow their ego to get in the way because to have that sense of integrity, you have to have a sense of humility, correct? Like, you know, like you have to be able to understand that you maybe don't know everything or you're not currently here, but this will allow me to get there. So I guess leaders, there's leaders in all of us, mm -hmm. right? Well, then what is it? What does leadership mean? Like, why, why do we want to listen? Why do we look for some kind of guiding principle then if we have that quality in all of us then? So when I look at good leaders, um, and you could, you know, kind of make fun of this, but it's, it's kind of like leveling up. If I want to better myself, I will better myself and I will in turn better you. Like mm -hmm. whether or not you recognize that in the moment, there's a lot of research out there that shows that, you know, if I come with my A game, you're going to attempt to bring quote unquote the same game that I bring. And so when I see you bring your A game, that makes me bring my A plus game. And gotcha. all of a sudden this evolution of people leveling up around us is a form of leadership. I mean, it's a form of when you look at the word ego and I talk about and there's um, Abby Wambach's, the soccer mm, yeah. player, her book, uh, Wolfpack, actually talks about if I can feed my ego, there's no way I can feed those around me. So if I'm looking at being a good teammate and looking at being a good leader, there's no way that I can focus on my ego and everyone else at the same time. So it's an if or or. Okay. So if I feed my ego, you know, we, we all know leaders like that, but they're very short-lived. The mm -hmm. research actually shows you know, someone with a quote unquote large ego. I mean, you could get into the operational definition of that, mm -hmm. you know, in the white paper. Um, they don't last long. And, and we can all think of like, okay, yeah, I can think of right off. A hundred percent. There's that guy that I, you know, had the big ego mm -hmm. and it was short lived. Mm -hmm. Wherever they're at, they may jump around in jobs. Uh, but somebody who feeds their teammates, you know, I make a good pass and then you point at me back. You know, th those are the type of situations that you want to bring, you know, whether it's into your family, into mm -hmm. wellness, into nutrition. And you see that, you know, that the success will just breed more success. And gotcha. so even though I am a leader, um, I still want to bring, you know, success around me because, you know, if you start to just do it on your own, it, it's hard. Do you believe that uh, some people, they're innately just born, you know, as leaders, like and then some people are. I don't want to say it sounds so mean, but like followers, like some people look for guidance and that is not labeling as their role, but that's just how they decide to go through life and operate. And then that's okay. Or do you think we should be a society filled with, I'm a leader, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this decision about my nutrition, this, because at that point, then we don't have any experts, right? Like, cause we all become self-centered and we think we know everything. Is yeah. that so social media? In present day. Yeah, got you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so right. That's right? exactly what happens. Yeah. No, I mean, they say that leadership is, is a scarce thing. Um, but then when I take that same leader out of whatever environment that that is, and I switch the paradigm into back with their family, mm -hmm. 
this person that may be completely a wallflower at work is completely the leader of their family Mm -hmm. or vice versa. And knowing when to, you know, have the right answer and knowing when to allow other people to, to give the right answer or even give the wrong answer is actually a really good form of leadership. If Mm -hmm. I watch you say the wrong thing and have an appropriate response to that, that is such a strong leadership quality. Like think of somebody who just let you fall on your face and didn't publicly shame you for, for failing, but maybe Mm -hmm. took you aside later or sent you a text like, Hey, it's such a good try, but you know, maybe try keeping your, your feet up this time or, you know, all of these feedback ways that we can create people to kind of come into their own is one of those things that is definitely not born. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those are things that you take from your environment. Like you may not have control over the environment you were born into. And some people just innately were born into environments that emulate leadership behaviors. Like Mm -hmm. their mom didn't, you know, go out in public and say, drawn, you're awful. Like this is the worst I've ever seen. You know, you see those dads in the, in the crowd or, you know, you watch CrossFit games and you see these parents that are, you know, running out onto the, the competition floor and taking the, the, the kid's shoes off for mm-hmm, them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all in, literally all in for anything that this person needs. Um, but then when you listen to the post wad interview from these people, the, the kid instantly is like, you know, I couldn't do this without my family. Like that's an environment already that it is fostering, you know, leaders. Gotcha. Okay. But then you have the other side of it. That's like, you know, my mom didn't show up to the game. My mom, when she got to it was front row screaming at me, screaming at my coach was screaming at, you know, and that fosters the opposite. So there's a little bit of the chicken and the egg conversation, Mm -hmm. but I've been fortunate enough to be, um, you know, the the university system has invested a lot of time and money into, to me and and my leadership training. Mm -hmm. That's always the first question that's asked. In your environment though, but I mean, it could be positive. You could be supportive, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, you, you can have a not so friendly environment and that can't that push you into a leadership position How like, that you now you know that you want that kind of order or you are looking for someone to talk to and you want to be that person. So mm-hmm. either way can foster leadership. I mean, it just depends on the environment, we, how we look at it, right? For sure. Okay. Um, I know I heard something. Um, it said... So I learned a while back, they were like, do the three D's, a good leader, three D's. You're going to either do it, delegate it, or ditch it. Like, mm-hmm. And those are just the three things that what, whatever decision you make, like don't spend too long on it, just those three D's. Mm-hmm. And I also heard a good leader really doesn't do much work like because they know how to assign tasks. So they, they really, they watch other people do that. Is that, I mean, are there studies on that? Like, I mean, I mean, because I feel like that's a cop out. It's like, what do you mean? Like a good leader doesn't do any, cause I can't listen to you at that point. Right. So, um, I guess I'm wondering when does it stop? Like when, uh, cause I'm sure you've done a lot of research. I'm sure throughout the time you see all these great rulers and empires sure falling down as well too. Um, is that a trait or is that, is that some kind of link that the ego of them and they didn't want to do the work? Like you get to a point that you're leading, people are watching you so much that you forget what it's like to have to do all of that work? So it depends on the size of the company. Uh So you're talking Home Depot. Mm -hmm. That person that is leading Home Depot probably doesn't know how to move a forklift. Like that just might not be in that person's repertoire because of how they were trained. Gotcha. Now, if you're talking something small like where I'm at now, um, delegation is a next level leadership skill because... That is the epitome of not having your ego 
because I'm delegating a task and I'm basically giving you the ability to be completely on your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what that does for you is that brings creativity. Um, that's going to bring autonomy. Mm-hmm. That's going to bring, um, a little bit more of what I would say innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings trust. So when you look at the creation of success in a company like this, you know, where your boss is delegating work, um, that's actually one of those things that maybe looks like it's less work for, you know, quote unquote, the leader. But if I don't know what the, the deliverable should look like when it comes back, um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I may actually know process A to Z, and I'm giving you the ability because I know that also through A to Z, you may bring step A1 where I was like, A2 was definitely the way to go, but A1 creates this whole new product, this innovative approach, this other way to do something that's quicker or faster, more efficient, and you still get to Z, mm-hmm. um, which is one of those things that if I don't get to Z, the leader gets fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, the leader is unsuccessful, 100%. And, and they fall on their face. But maybe I didn't do quote-unquote as much work, but to delegate it actually requires me to know a lot more about the steps than if I just did it myself, Mm -hmm. because human nature is I'm going to take it step by step sequentially. And I have the ability then to process going from A to B. But if I delegate that work to you, I have already had to create a process from A to Z where I have to know a lot more about that than you probably do at this moment. And I have to allow, you know, when I delegate the work, you to go from A to F and then back to B and then go C, D and then F. And I'm like, "Mm." Mm-hmm. You know, I could yeah. see where you were going wrong, yeah. but a good leader is going to just redirect you and bring you back and give feedback where, you know, uh, somebody who is in a, you know, dictatorship or you, you know, cr- created this empire, quote unquote, uh-huh. um, they're, they're going to burn out. And so is everyone else below them. Because if I'm in every decision, uh, there's just, there's no way for you and I to sustain the level of engagement that we need to get all the way to the product. Okay. So if I just give you, you know, the ability to say, Hey, like, you know, create a, you know, theme for this water bottle Uh when I already know what I want, I know what the investors want, but you know, in a health setting, you know, I know what a snatch should look like. But when I turn around to like, when I'm, you know, a personal training, I turn around to a client and I say, you know, what part of that was wrong to you? What, what felt wrong? What did it, what do you think looked wrong? Um, I already know what's wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, I should know within reason, But when I give them that, you know, delegation to say, okay, yeah, it was definitely this part of it. It felt wrong. I don't know what it was, but it felt wrong. I, you know, start to ask questions and allow, you know, the delegated work to be a little bit more creative. Mm -hmm. So when I know something, when I talk about diversity and inclusion, like I know nothing about my client. I know nothing about the person, my student. I know nothing about the employees that work for me. I allowed them to talk and to navigate and to bring those things to the table. So I create this inclusive space where I'm able to tell, you know, my coach and say, Hey, you know, my shoulder hurts today and I snatched and it felt weird, but it really is because I'm getting this clicking in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then that leads the the conversation to that coach to say, you know, we got to be creative in the approach. We, we can't be doing full snatches from the ground. We need to start just doing poles or gotcha. you start to break these things down into, um, you know, in, in my world, we call that whole versus part. Like, are we creating an atmosphere where you have to do the whole thing or are you creating an atmosphere where the part is actually valued, where snatch poles and deadlifts and things 
are done more often than a full snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that allows, you know, a sense of ownership for your client or your student or your family member because they're kind of navigating, they're telling you where they need to go, they're telling you what's what went wrong. Um, and that's part of the delegating process as well is allowing them to talk. Do you see um, a link between leaders and their approach to their nutrition, health, and fitness? You know, are they do they typically work out, or is this something they put on the back burner where they they prioritize? What what do you what have you seen? So I I teach this class um, that talks about the dimensions of wellness. There's a whole wellness you know. Con- consortium that works with all the research on this and over probably the last 10 years there used to be these six dimensions of wellness which were your physical your mental your emotional your spiritual Mm -hmm. your environmental Mm -hmm. now they've added i don't know 14 more um, because they recognize that you know if your occupational wellness is low it's going to start to bring on this continuum your physical wellness so if Mm -hmm. you think about this in a way that could be financial if i don't make good money Um, I make different nutritional decisions than somebody who makes more money. And that's just innate. I make different fitness decisions. I mean, there are fitness places that you go to that are, you know, lots of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And then you go to, you know, self-directed, you know, $10 a month. (laughs) Right. So you make different decisions that on this continuum brings you, you know, in in a different direction, whether that's positive or negative. And Mm -hmm. I think about, um, I use this in a class where somebody loses a lot of weight and I might have them like a, a year before and the year before I don't remember them. And then this next year they come in, they're like, Hey, you know, do you remember me? My name's Lisa. Yay. I, I think I went to high school with you. And you're just like, I, I, I don't know. And then you're like, Oh, and then you listen to their story and it's like, yeah, when I started to lose this weight, you know, then my emotional wellness went up. And then because of that, my interpersonal wellness went up. And then when my interpersonal wellness went up, my, you know, these things went up. And so when you talk about leadership or just, the brain in general, uh, we know that exercise changes, you know, the neurodevelopment of your brain. So the more you exercise, you know, there's this uh, big study that John Rady did uh, with a school district in um, in the Midwest that had about 140,000 students where they were doing exercise before um, standardized testing. And they show that the exercise before the standardized testing was um, showing significant improvements in the scores on the standardized tests. So I started looking at why, like okay. why, why are these things correlated? This is a short, acute bout of exercise that then turned into, you know, the ability to basically retrieve information. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that in a leadership sense, like you expect your leader to uh, be able to adapt to stress, be able to think on their feet. You expect them to take in information you know, retrieve whatever it was that, you know, the process and then give you an answer, whether that's instantaneous or over time, Mm -hmm. um, you expect your, your leaders to be, um, to be smart, you know, to, to, to be smarter than sometimes you are, or to, to lead you in those, those, um, senses. And we know that exercise actually does make you smarter. That's, you know, we have lots of people that refute this. We, Mm -hmm. we're now seeing people that, uh, hire personal trainers for their students to, score better on uh, the ACT and SAT. And what is exactly that makes, makes them smart? So during exercise, blood is being pulled to your brain. It's a part of a sympathetic nervous response. So I'm I'm really in the fight or flight during exercise. It it sometimes feels like that, right? Like I'm, I'm panicking, (laughs) me included. Um, and so during that time, you know, I have 
better vision. I have better auditory awareness. But the other thing that's happening is when I bring that much blood to the brain, it's changing a, a few of the hormones that allow for um, neurotransmitters to, to flow through the brain. Gotcha. And so when you're done, you come back to this thing called homeostasis. So in the parasympathetic nervous response, your breathing rates come back down, your mm -hmm. digestion begins, you know, all the things that were turned off during exercise. But that blood coming from your brain is actually going to change the way that the neural um, pathways are developed. So it actually changes the way that your brain is developing. So in that parasympathetic response, we all kind of know this, like you're done with exercise, you're sitting there. You know, the world's kind of in a different light than it was pre-exercise. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not your imagination. That's actual that's science. A, that's awesome. So when I'm trying to pull data, um, the more blood that's going to my brain, I'm actually able to retrieve that data more readily than if I've just woke up out of bed. You know, they talk about nutrition, you know, some of those things like glucose. Well, it's emulating a, a sympathetic nervous response when I'm you know, giving lots of sugar to my body. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to up my heart rate, up my blood pressure. Well, the other way to do that, it, the more healthy way to do that is th through exercise. Gotcha. So, I mean, John Rady's done some really great um, That's all, I, research. I, I mean, because I, mean, I hear so much about the aesthetics, like I look good, but you know, like um, you feel good and you're thinking a whole lot better and clearer too. Right. Um, well, do you, what are some, I guess, like the you ought to know part of it? What's the first steps you would that you would tell someone, you know, to kind of not uh, to get a hold of their internal, like their inner leader, you know, uh, is it exercise more or is it, Hey, try a decision a day, like for you each day, or like, what is, how do I go into that direction in leadership? That's a good question. Um, well, obviously I, I believe in fitness and, and nutrition. Um, leaders are seen in a much better light actually if, if they exercise, mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if you want somebody to think you're a leader, go exercise, you know, and you, you see that in my neighborhood, somebody mm -hmm. stopped us and was like, ma'am, 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 you know, I just see you out here every day doing the same thing over and over again and <laughs> all the way through quarantine. And I just think, how are you doing that? You know, and, awesome. and you just think like, man, that person's been sitting in their house thinking about me or, you know, then something that's part of your just daily routine. And that's, they're like, what are they doing? Because it's uncomfortable for them. So mm -hmm. when you think about you know, the qualities of leadership is sitting in uncomfortable. So for somebody else to think about exercise, it's like, ah, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So people that do it all the time, that's uncomfortable all the time. And that's the actual, you know, operational definition of leadership. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to sit in uncomfortable for long periods of time. And so, you know, I would always suggest for somebody who's trying to be a leader, um, is to make one decision and tell somebody about it, you know, okay. I make this decision about the water that I chose, you know, and it's super like that was I'm I'm a researcher. So, you know, if I pick out something at the grocery store, it may seem like I just ran there and grabbed it. But like, <laughs> to be honest, I probably <laughs> researched for a little while. <laughs> um, that goes for most of my decisions. Got you. Um, but, you know, typically with my friend group, they come to me and they're like, you know, hey, I was thinking about buying a car. What do you suggest? And it's like, well why are you asking me? And they're like, cause I know you've researched this, like make okay. a decision. Got you. And, and, and that and helps you because they, now they know that you've done that as a leader. They're like, well, let's ask Lisa because she's done the research. Right. Huh? And it might be simple. Like I did the research with my own body. So 
have you tried to drink a gallon of water per day? Yes, I did the 75 hard for 75 <laughs> days. And I didn't research why uh -huh. to drink the gallon of water. But I could tell you with my own, my eyes and my body and all my feelings about this, that was hard, you <laughs> uh, know? Yeah. Uh -huh. And so when I was, at, you know, in bed, 9 15 at night thinking i don't know how i'm gonna get a half a gallon you know this is this is hard uh -huh. i can tell you because i was in it mm -hmm. you know so there's a good quote from um Brene brown's book that talks about getting in the arena like she doesn't want your feedback about her and she's one of the leading re researchers on leadership in the mm -hmm. world um she doesn't want your feedback about her leadership unless you're actually in the arena getting your butt kicked like she is mm -hmm. So once you're in the arena, feel free to give your feedback. But the second you go sit in the crowd, don't feel free to you're give a spectator. me your, yep. you're a spectator now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, research doesn't have to be formal. It can be, you know, I tried that one. It was good. Tried that one. I didn't like it. And or, some people actually want to hear that. And like, yeah. that's what I was saying. I, if you said, John, here are the benefits and, and here, here's what's negative about dr um, drinking that much water. I'm like, okay, like that's cool. I could Google that too. But if you're like, no, 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 I did this for 75 days. Let me tell you week one. And it's like, now I'm here because now I know what I will experience yep. because I'm a lot of the times people don't like to go to Google Scholar mm -hmm. and then look up the peer review. And because you're right, it looks like a bunch of jargon. Um, I read the excerpt and then I'm like, Oof, I got it. And then it's like, there's a whole other stuff. If you want to plug, I'm on Google, Google Scholar. There it is. There's my plug. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, so leadership, uh, there's so many, it looks like there's just so many qualities, but I think now what I've seen is it's in all of us, you know, like we all have that ability to take lead and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm leading an army, you know, I'm not leading, um, a country. I can lead my everyday life. Like I can, my, my family, you know, or my friends or just myself and making a decision for me, you know, um, doing more research in to make a more informed decision that can be an idea of just leadership, just taking control of that. Right. Um, and I'm saying that just because I want to make sure that uh, you all out there know that you're a leader. Uh, we're all leaders and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you don't have to be born with these qualities. Your, your parents don't have to be, you know, rulers or your they have to be financially just well off, you know, um, I was looking into stoicism a lot and, uh, you know, you have one, uh, spectrum where someone's a ruler and he's talking about leading and the problems he's going through. And then someone who's homeless and they're going through the same, it's the same things, like the same emotional kind of, um, challenges, obstacles, and they, they address them very similar. And it shows that it's like, it doesn't really matter like where you are, your, your status. Um, we all face certain obstacles every day and it's, depending on how we um, choose to approach that. So, uh, Dr. Lisa, thank you for mm -hmm. popping in. I will tell you this, uh, guest, uh, not guest, uh, family out there, that Dr. Lisa will be joining us again because when I tell you, I know she knows so many things, and this is just one part of it. But uh, thank you so much for popping into the pod, for sure. And, um, hey, leading, where you lead, I will follow Ooh, I think I would choose dance, actually. I can't sing. But find out next week what the other questions are. And uh, we'll see you. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, leave some comments. And uh, thank you so much for all the support that we have had thus far. Uh, we're going to make sure we continue to bring you great content. And I will see you next week. Pop, pop, because you are the new.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to You Ought to Know, where we share some information we think you ought to know. Hey, if you like this show, be sure to like and subscribe. Also, be sure to check out our show notes to check out our sponsors. We'll see you next time. Thank you again. <laughs>